0: Hello, and welcome back to the Drinking Liberally podcast, the show that combines good alcohol with some friendly political banter. I'm Kevin Wilson, and this week, sitting in as co-host, is our man from the boards, Yogs.
1: How you doing, Kevin? Good to be back.
0: Hey, Yogs, glad to have you here. Awesome. So, Yogs is sitting in for uh, Jeff, who couldn't be with us because it's his birthday. And Happy birthday. Yeah, he's off celebrating with his family, which... Seems a bit selfish to me when we've got a podcast to do, but hey, what are you going to do? Very
1: selfish, very (laughs) selfish.
0: Happy birthday, Jeff. Hope you're really enjoying it and looking forward to getting back on the mic with you next week. So, uh, Yogg's, you're filling in some big shoes to fill today, especially with all the the news that's been going on. Oh, Uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Impeachment Day. It is Impeachment Day. This is the day uh, impeachment goes public. Yeah. It's an exciting day. It's one we've not seen many times in our American history. Although twice in our lifetimes, which is weird. <laughs> <very> weird.
0: <laughs> Only four uh, times total in American history, and, and two of those times were in the last, uh, you know, 30 years.
1: I think if Trey Gowdy and them had time, we might have gotten an Obama one if they would have really, they were trying, they really yeah. were digging hard, but uh, yeah, it's something we don't see a lot, uh, but what we saw today was pretty, pretty interesting, pretty damning at times, so... Uh, I know we'll get into all that, but it was a crazy day. Absolutely. So, like you said, we'll dive into
0: that in a minute. But first, we got to talk about what we're drinking. Today, we'll be talking about uh, impeachment and some other, you know, politics and pop culture and a lot of fake news. All over a very interesting beer called the Robot Fish IPA out of Kings County Brewers Collective. So that's Mm -hmm. from Brooklyn, New York, uh, specifically the uh, Bushwick neighborhood of Brooklyn. And, <laughs> and this is a pretty pro beer for this week yeah. um, with Veterans Day having fallen earlier this week. Uh, this beer itself is the 2019 Veterans Blend. So every single year, the KCBC creates a new version of Robot Fish of this IPA. They make it with some new hops each time. So they, they tweak the formula, and there's a brand new blend each time. Uh, this year, they decided to go with what's called the Veterans Blend of Hops, which is a unique annual blend that's distributed by a um, a group called the Yakima Chief Hops. Oh. So individual brewers can buy hops directly from Yakima and then make their own you know style of beer out of them. And that's what uh, KCBC did here. Wow. And one of the great things about Yakima is that for every pound of hops sold, they donate $3 to a charity that benefits veterans. Awesome. Yeah. Really respect that. So I was happy to see this on our local shelves. You know, Yakima encourages local brewers to purchase the hops by September. That way they've got enough time to get their beers brewed and bottled by Veterans Day. Wow. So you can celebrate, you know, appropriately. Yeah. And so KCBC followed their instructions. We got our hands on uh, a few pints of this uh, for the show, and we'll be drinking this uh, all day. Yeah, it's the uh, twenty nineteen Robot Fish Pearl slash Veterans Blend.
1: And I know you uh, you post all our uh, all our beers on Instagram after, and I think this is one everyone should check out because this is probably one of the coolest uh, designed cans. That I've ever seen. They did a great job on this incorporating, you know, the Veterans Day theme and and just putting some artwork on here. So uh, please check out our Instagram after the show and uh, and check this out because it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah, it's uh, definitely one of the most unique cans. It it brings to mind um, there's a local brewery around here called Departed Souls that also does a lot of like wild artwork that I really dig. And this is right in line with that. It's got the Robot Fish logo. It's got the the red, white, and blue, the flag flying through it, keeping that veterans theme. And it is called Robot Fish. And it has this giant mechanical fish on it that (laughs) I kind of really love. It reminds me, at first glance when I saw this, I thought it was a Transformer. And it still kind of gives it off does a have transformer look, yeah. vibe, yeah. Especially with the you know the red and blue color scheme, it looks like Optimus Prime here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I really like the artwork on this can.
1: It yeah. is, and they have great fonts and everything too. And the way they write the Brooklyn, New York out in that font, and yeah kcbc logo it's really really nice it's great
0: presentation excellent presentation so shout out to them um i also see that this beer was canned as a canned on date um on halloween of this year so this is a very very fresh beer
1: that's and it tastes that way yeah i took a sip and i was like this is as fresh a beer as i've had in a very long time it's it's less than two weeks old (laughs) beautiful uh it's it's pretty good it tastes very good yeah let's, let's talk a little bit about the
0: taste We'll start with how it pours out. It's got a pretty opaque, hazy orange pour to it. It is an IPA after all. Yeah. Um, you'll get a, a little bit of a foamy head to it that really dissolves pretty quickly. It's a 6.6% alcohol by volume. Very good number. So that's a solid number for an IPA. Nice balance there. Yeah. Um, it's got an interesting mouthfeel to it. it it's it a light taste, but it's got a lot of like little carbonated bubbles in it.
1: It does. It also has that little bit of hoppiness, but not that like over, you know, sometimes a lot of IPAs will just go a little overboard with the hoppiness and Mm -hmm. it it goes too far in that direction. This tastes like a commercial beer, but with that like perfect ingredient of hops and and bubbles, as you're talking about, just just very, very good.
0: I enjoy this a lot. It's uh, and it's, you know, it's obviously got that citrus taste that you're probably used to if you're drinking IPAs. Exactly, uh, and it really it doesn't linger too long yeah, on the tongue thing. either. It doesn't overwhelm you. So, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a very clean drink. You're not gonna be tasting this, you know, <laughs> hours after you finish it. Yeah, exactly. Which I always appreciate.
1: Yeah. I, I might vote. This might be one of the better beers we've had on drinking liberally. Hey, it's this, up there. this isn't. That's something we should do. We should start ranking. Them. I think. I think this might be in the top ten. Yeah. Um, Right. We it's going to be tough to unseat,
0: uh, I think it was last week's episode, I probably had one of my favorite IPAs ever.
1: Oh, um, right. I heard you were talking about it. Yeah, that was a good I'll have to try that one out yeah. too, yeah. So, I, sorry, but Dennis and I drank them all last uh, week. Greedy. <laughs> no leftovers. Surprising with you two guys around. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah,
0: this one, the uh, Robot Fish IPA is definitely up there as well. I know this is just a you know, an annual blend, but I'm probably going to go back to the store and pick up some more. Yeah, afterwards. As you should. You <laughs> deserve it. Because we'll probably drink them all. So. <laughs> we might have to to get through the oh, craziness today. that was today. Yeah. But before we do, one thing we got to touch on. We got to keep our drinking game alive. Yes, we do. So I'm thinking we, we need a new term to follow up with. I don't know. What's a good one this week? We're talking a lot about impeachment. Maybe uh, Ukraine?
1: Ukraine is up there. Uh, if Well, if we were if we were doing the Republican line, we'd have to have whistleblower, but we'd be drunk, but we, yeah. we'd probably be passed out in like seven <laughs> minutes, so, because uh, they mentioned whistleblower every seven seconds, so <laughs> Ukraine is a good one. Okay. Uh, I think Ukraine sticks, although I want to put a little side uh, story on that. We heard today a lot of people on social media uh, were, I guess, newly informed about the pronunciation of Kiev. Uh, everyone thought it really? was Kiev. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> people say Kiev, right? Oh. uh, I can see that, though. I think, well, yeah. So people thought that Bill Taylor and George Kent were at first misspeaking when they called it (laughs) Kiev. But uh, that was fun too. So uh, the internet's always right, didn't you know that? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's true. But uh, these guys have been there and they know the pronunciation. So yeah. Yeah, Well, we're gonna drink every time we say Ukraine, starting now. Starting now, Ukraine.
0: All right. Let's talk a little impeachment. Today was day one of public testimony. Yeah. And yeah, we'll keep it short and sweet. Yeah, essentially we, uh, Donald Trump had a perfect call and everything's fine, right? Yeah, so I this is just a perfect waste of our well,
1: time. Well, we're wasting our time here because it's obviously the whistleblower that we need to be questioning. We don't need to hear all this nonsense. <laughs> we just need to be sitting here having the whistleblower, A, illegally exposed, uh, be threatened, and then just, just have that person's name out there and then just keep making up lies about that and then we'll be on our way and then we could call this a hoax too. And uh, yeah, Devin Nunez. By the way, the Russia thing wasn't a hoax. If you actually <laughs> you ended up, but the fact that they've gotten away with that—that—that's called a hoax—is another stupid side story. But uh, would you? Well, I have one thing I want to ask you because I thought about this when we started. Is uh, an interesting strategy because they went with. Bill Taylor and, and George Kent to start. I didn't know anything about George Kent. And Bill Taylor, I knew, I'd known some of his testimony and what he talked about. Yeah, and Bill Taylor is the uh, diplomat to Ukraine. Right. And
0: George Kent is actually the Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs. Exactly. They both yeah. sat before Congress today. Right, which is
1: a big role, too, because you're, you're involved from the State Department aspect of this, which is actually very important, too. But... I was wondering, I was like, is this the way to start? Because I was worried about the boring factor that we'd kind of talked about earlier. In the fact, is, is these guys are going to be boring and this and that. And I was wondering, would you have earlier, before hearing today's testimony, thought it would have been better to go with the heavy hitters first, go with Vinman, go with Sondland Son and people like that? Or, or was did, did, did Schiff get this right in hindsight now? I think
0: yes, actually. And, and I went back and forth on this um, yeah. on the ride over here, thinking like, eh was this even even in retrospect was yeah. this the best move but after thinking this through yes i think so bill taylor and george kent today came off as like consummate professionals exactly and i think it was really a smart move to have them testify first because it sets a baseline that yeah. this is legitimate that there is something to be worried about yeah. because these two men who for all intents and purposes came off as pretty nonpartisan, partisan like just Very coming much. off as you know uh, patriots that are looking out for the country uh, didn't necessarily care what party was doing this, just thought something was wrong and wanted to speak up. And I think having them go first is great because now that's all out there. I think they made a pretty convincing case that this is a credible allegation against Donald Trump. And now when you bring in, say, a Sondland, like, Sondland's got a lot to answer for after today.
1: Oh, Bill yeah. Taylor, you know, he he spilled some tea. And that's one thing that I have to say. I was surprised how good of a witness Bill Taylor was. Because I agree I, I agree with everything you said, but I think you're 100% on. I think it kind of sets up like a lineup now. He was a good leadoff hitter. Yeah. And what we have coming on after, because I think the Republicans wish this was it. And then they could just bash this and be like, oh, this is all hearsay. But, and if this was it? It probably wouldn't go in the Democrats' favor. Exactly, yeah. I agree. But it was a perfect setup because we did learn new information today that we didn't know, which was critical. And Bill Taylor did a good job of coming across as this, what he was. I think he told one of of his answers was, I'm here as a witness. I'm not here as a partisan. You're asking me, I came here as a witness that was subpoenaed, Mm -hmm. and I'm giving witness testimony. I'm not here to... Judge anything I know what I would know I was involved in this and I'm giving the information and it really came across Said it wasn't his spot to make a determination whether it was
0: impeachable or not That's Congress's job and he's 100% right. Yeah, so I think yeah, Bill Taylor was excellent up there And he he essentially confirmed everything that we've been hearing publicly so far That's come out from these behind-the-closed-door meetings like he said the same thing yeah that yeah something fishy went on here there was a demand by Donald Trump that the Ukraine come out, say, hey, yeah, we're going to investigate Joe Biden or his son, Hunter. And in return, they'd get their aid package
1: released. Yeah. And one thing I thought that was really interesting is before he even talked about all that was I thought he set up a good point that, that a lot of people didn't realize, including me, when I wasn't thinking about it, is he put a reality to the situation about what was going on with this aid being withheld. He's here's a guy that's there and knows all the people, knows the situation. And he's saying, We have soldiers here on the Ukraine who are honestly worried about a Russian invasion every day. Like yeah. it's something they sleep with at night, not knowing if there's going to be a Russian invasion that day or not. And they're life were or death for them. Life or death for them. These are people who rely on this aid for survival, basically. Mm-hmm. It's not just money being sent somewhere. And I think a lot of people don't understand the grasp of that, is we've authorized this money for troops in Ukraine that need it for their survival.
0: And even that summary that was released by the White House of the call that kind of started all this after the whistleblower report came out, that conversation, you know, President Zelensky of the Ukraine mentions like javelin missiles. That's what they're trying to buy off us. Yeah. And javelin missiles are an anti-tank weapon. Yeah. That's what they need right now because there's yeah. Russian tanks sitting at the border or actually in yeah. their border, um, rolling through. Right, and of course Russia doesn't want us giving any of that to them.
1: Of course not. And, and uh, <laughs> we'll tie that in how you want. <laughs> right, put, put a nice little bow on. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: I think we missed a couple of Ukraines, by the way. Oh, we did. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, we're gonna be smashed by
1: the end of this. But one thing though that it, another thing about that is. This guy didn't even come across as partisan because he also wasn't happy with Obama for not releasing. He took shots at him. Yeah. This wasn't a guy that was like Obama was perfect and Trump came here and ruined the policy. Here's a guy that was critical of Obama for not releasing enough aid and having enough military weapons that that Ukrainians might have wanted and stuff. So that was hard hitting too because it came across as, hey, I'm not a never-Trumper. I'm not an Obama guy. I'm just a guy that's been working in this field for a very long time. I'm an expert and I'm coming with this knowledge, and this is what I know. Very, very, very like believable to me.
0: Yeah, I thought it was super effective. Um, and I, I was kind of caught off guard by that too because he yeah. did say – Essentially, that Obama's policies just yeah. kind of left
1: yeah. the Ukraine hanging. Because yeah. what are you going to say now? You're an Obama partisan or you're an Obama hack or this? Because I think that's what they want. The, the Republicans were obviously here muddying the waters. Mm-hmm. If you watched any of their testimony, it was basically like, they just didn't even need to show up today because it was the same hack lines. They were going to bring up garbage from the Russian investigation that had nothing to do with that. They're bringing up garbage you know, that has nothing to do with this investigation. It's a stonewall strategy. And... Here's a guy that's basically, you know, defying all that saying, hey, you can say all that, but I'm proving that that's I'm not one of these deep state, you know, bureaucrats that you're out here attacking every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't want to have to go. We're not going to go line by line of every interviewer here, but there were a couple standout moments that I just wanted to chat about. Yep. I really liked um, Jim Himes line of questioning to George Kent. Because George Kent, one of his specialties is corruption investigation. Exactly. And he asked Kent to outline, hey, what what is a normal corruption investigation? What does that look like? What are the steps you would take to help another country root out in, uh, corruption? Yeah. So he does, you know, he gives a, a brief synopsis of what his role is and how that works.
1: A super professional.
0: And then Himes asked him, like, okay, well, now that you've said that, does what Joe Biden or his son did fall into that category of corruption, he says no. Yeah, <laughs> well, and Himes goes no. on. <laughs> further, he's like, "Is what Joe Biden did the same as what Donald Trump has done here? Are those on equal playing fields?" And Himes absolutely not. No, they're different
1: things completely. It was a big moment. There. I thought yeah. that was
0: a. I think that was a very smart line of question. It was a very
1: smart line of questioning because they're totally undermining this whole garbage. That this is about corruption, mm-hmm. because there was another point in in testimony. I think it was it was. Uh, I don't know I can't remember if it was Taylor or not, but the testimony was outright this is what Zelensky and the team were doing to combat corruption because Zelensky's an anti corruption guy. So he's campaigned. yeah. Yeah, so he's already there and he's got a system in place to weed out corruption. So he's already doing something about corruption which is an under, underrated point of the story where Trump's saying, no, they had to show their... D-. Well, they did. They were, had a plan already, and this guy testified to it today because he knew the plan because he was speaking to them, and they said, this is our plan to get rid of corruption, and it was going to be implemented. So this idea that is about corruption is completely not a complete nonsense because it's not. It's about Biden investigating Biden, investigating the company, and, and all the stuff that comes with it.
0: Like a million dollars to the first reporter just asked Donald Trump, all right, yeah, okay. Say we believe you about this is investigation in corruption. Why? Why Ukraine? Like, yeah. what other countries are you investigating right now, or helping yeah. to investigate?
1: I remember some reporter asked him that in one of those helicopter briefings, which is garbage. And he's I didn't answered, see about, that. "Is someone asked him this a few months ago?" And you know his answer was, "Oh, uh, we'll look into that." Yeah, of course. It Has not been looked into, and no one's ever talked about it ever since. <sighs> now I owe that guy a million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> but it was one of those throwaway questions in the in the thing, and he just honestly. Blew it off because he knows no one's ever going to follow up. He knows no one's ever going to come and come back and ask him about something like that. And it's an important part of the whole thing. What did you think of the second big bombshell, which was uh, the phone call, uh, the Sondland phone call? Yeah, that was huge. So
0: I had to like replay it because I'm like, wait, what did I just hear? (laughs) If you didn't get to watch it, and I understand why you wouldn't have, it was hours and hours during the workday. Yeah. Um, And hopefully our bosses aren't listening to this. (laughs) Um, It was in my ear while I was doing multitasking. Yeah, exactly. Multitasking. Bill Taylor flat out says that, you know, okay, there was this call that I wrote about. There was another call, though, that Sondland explicitly, that's Gordon Sondland, another ambassador, explicitly says that this
1: is what Donald Trump wants. Yeah. And what's crazy is it's a day after he has the Zelensky phone call. Yeah. It's the day after. This is the day after that phone call. And now Sondland, who, by the way, we still don't know why he's involved in this, because he's the ambassador of the European Union, which the Ukraine is not in. But right. <laughs> whatever. That's another mystery. But so he's involved in this. And he's there. And he's taking. And that's the other thing I thought was wild, because a lot of people pointed out. Ambassadors don't just talk to the president like that. It's no, not common. But this was a cell phone call. That's the thing. It's he not He called his common, personal cell. Yeah. It's not common that an ambassador calls a president on a cell phone from a restaurant. If, it, if, if an ambassador ever does talk to a president, it's from the ambassador's quarters, an official line to the White House, mm-hmm. on an official channel. A secure line. secure line, and it's official business. This was on a cell phone to the president of the United States. And people overheard it, including Bill Taylor and people that he was with.
0: And probably every one of our
1: state enemies that's
0: listening into a cell phone yeah. call.
1: Russia, if you're listening and you have it recorded. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. So um, Gordon Sondland is set to testify next week. So it'll yeah. be very interesting to see what he has to say because... Yeah. He's in a little bit of hot water right now. Well, yeah,
1: and Republicans with your uh, hearsay defense, what are you going to say when Sondland testifies? Because you keep using the hearsay defense, and that was Jim Jordan's best defense today. He asked, yeah. he asked Bill Taylor, he's like, "Have you spoke to Mick Mulvaney, who refuses to testify? No. Have you spoken to President Trump directly? No. Have you spoken to Giuliani? No. These are the guys that won't testify. Number one. So the nerve of you asking about if they have talked to them. And the thing is, but to Jordan's credit, that is an effective line from his. Perspective, Exactly. But the problem is that line falls apart when Gordon, when Sondland testifies. <laughs> yeah. So keep it up. <laughs> yeah. It, it will <laughs>
0: fall apart next week when Sondland testifies. And I mean, it, it should fall apart instantly because if Jim Jordan, who this was his first time on the intelligence committee, he got yeah. bumped up to that, is going to make an argument that the only people, there are a few people on this call and only a few of them are, supporting the whistleblowers testimony that written report then okay let's
1: subpoena everyone else that was on that call including mick mulvaney yeah they they don't mention any of the fact that mick mulvaney's not testifying right because if
0: if if donald trump did nothing wrong yeah his secretary of state could easily just come in and say no
1: i was on the call guys and nothing to see here yeah that's the number one thing that no one is willing to go on record or testify that they found nothing inappropriate on the phone call. Yeah. Not one person. Makes you wonder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it does. I mean, these guys aren't testifying for a reason. Right. And uh, They don't want to go to jail yeah. for Donald Trump. No, exactly. And I told you this, I think, we were talking about how we're surprised at the amount of limit the, these congressional subpoenas have. Uh, I'm surprised by it daily. I mean, I still can't believe it. Yeah, I guess you can just uh, ignore them. Yeah, I mean, you can just ignore them. That's what the and, White House has been doing. Yeah, and the fact that we have to go through a judicial process that takes that long, I think you said it, how is this not expedited? Yeah, that should be fast-tracked. Anything like this should be and fast-tracked. Exactly, this is, this is of importance to the country and our national, you know, just who we are as a nation. And to have that go through and some one judge can sit there and put that on hold for months and months is is utterly ridiculous.
0: It was a, a crazy day. I think uh, Adam Schiff, who led the proceedings as the chair, did a good job setting the stage. At yeah, Burst, it did become a circus yeah. like I thought it would. Yeah, he uh, controlled the circus. There yeah. were some moments where it teetered on the edge, yeah. where there was a lot of back and forth between Republicans and Schiff. He really you know, kept order, I think, in a, a pretty reasonable fashion. And I think his closing argument touches on a point that we all need to remember here. I'm paraphrasing because I don't have this in front of me, but he made the point that the reason why we're going through this is because we want to make sure that future presidents can't do the same thing. Yeah. They can't abuse power. They can't hold another country hostage and extort them for political gain on their side. Yeah. And that's what Donald Trump has done here. And we, we've we said this so many times in this podcast in previous episodes. Like, What happens when you have an actual intelligent person with, impure motivations that wants to now take advantage of everything that Donald trump has left wide open in our government like if you get someone that's reasonably smart and can cover their tracks
1: oh it's a disaster right that's the end of democracy pretty much like if you get like a like a putin or one of these other dictators that are actually know how to cover things up and can manipulate the press and do all these other things that like dictators do
0: in Like, in a way, we are lucky that Donald Trump is as dumb as he is and commits his yeah. crimes out in the open.
1: And I, I don't say that lightly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish I, he didn't commit any crimes. Yeah. If anything, he's exposing flaws in our system that none of us ever thought we had. Like, if we think about it, we none of us did. Did you see that impeachment poll where basically it showed how people have already made up their mind? And it was kind of jarring, if you think about it, because usually we used to have a system in this country where there was a big group of people that were objective and said, well, let me, let me, I don't know yet, and let me watch the impeachment hearings, let me learn more. It's It's like... 30% 30% on each extreme and then yeah. everyone else is undecided. Exactly. This this poll was jarring at like how big the difference was. And there's already like 40% of the people that... It was, I think it was in the mid-30s to be fair. But it was something like that have already decided what they think on impeachment. Uh, for, for, like against that is. Against it, yeah. yeah. And then there's another that was like four, right? And what the problem that's happening now with Republicans that are blindly now falling on this hill is they're taking for granted this blind loyalty that's not going to be there forever. You're not going to have this group of people that are just going to blindly support no matter what. They're in a Trump cult. They're only going to support this guy. When he's not there, they're not going to blindly support Mike Pence. Oh,
0: I don't think so. They're
1: not going to blindly support all these other people because they don't have the, the, and I say this sadly, the skill that Trump does in manipulating people. In manipulating his supporters. It's a mix of people that A, see politics in a negative way and see him as some kind of hero. And people that kind of, I hate to say it, but see it as like a WWE wrestling type thing. Right, where my guy like, needs to win. My guy needs to win. Yeah. That's it. And re- these Republicans now, look how far they've taken it. They've taken it to impeachment hearings. They are now blindly trying to find a way to defend a guy. These are elected members of Congress. Yeah, These aren't just people in the street anymore that we're finding at rallies or whatever. These are people from districts in Ohio, P- California, Pennsylvania. It's not all just red state Democrats. These are people from states that are not like traditionally like, oh, that's the Deep South, they don't count. These are people from districts that... Are in big states that are now trying to make an excuse today. Well, you know, no one—it was hearsay, so it doesn't count.
0: Let Let's talk about one of those representatives that's from a blue state. Devin Nunez. Yeah, he leads the minority in this committee, so he gets to do his opening statement until Jim Jordan the most takes time. his job. But yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that'll be next. So Devin Nunez went out there and just spewed the weirdest most incoherent bullshit oh yeah that i've heard in, in a congressional testimony in a long time i wouldn't blame you all if you do listen to it check it out just read um when he starts questioning taylor actually i should say questioning i use the word uh loosely because he just talked at taylor for the majority oh, yeah. of it it was, really it was it was a lecture questions. He is going on and on about nonsense about servers in the Ukraine and Fusion GPS and the 2016 and 2012 elections. Which are dismissed. Right. And all of it is just nonsense. And if it doesn't make sense to you, I don't blame you, but it makes sense to a pretty big contingent on the internet. That is like that 4chan style conspiracy theorist online presence that... Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump have clearly fallen into themselves because they're now quoting some of those
1: things. I mean, Trump was always into this before he became president. I mean, he's believed crazy conspiracy theories. I mean, and he's one of these people that believes them and you can't talk him out of it. Yeah. That's how most of it is. If you go, if
0: you look, if you go to 4chan and you go to the politics board there, this is what they talk about. They talk about this conspiracy theory where... The Ukrainians were helping Hillary Clinton the entire time. There was yeah. no, never any Russian interference. That was a smokescreen, and that there's some CrowdStrike server in the Ukraine that has all of her oh, lost yeah. emails, et cetera, et cetera. It's just so batshit crazy.
1: And think and about it. Look how far they went down way. the road to uh, on, on the debunk theory to go down and, and investigate this. And if you're a guy like like a congressman like Will Hurd from Texas, right, who's yep. sitting in that meeting and who I thought asked questions. Now, granted, he was he wasn't trying to like you know dispute anything. He asked questions, got answers, and was on his way. And you're sitting there and you're listening to Devin Nunez. No wonder that guy's not running for re-election. It's, yeah. it's it. I mean, what? How could you sit there and be like, "This guy is the is the leader of our committee," and that's the problem. Like, Republicans didn't have any legitimate
0: questions today. It was just conspiracy theory, conspiracy no. theory. And my God, even their lawyer, the GOP's counsel, uh Steve Castor. Oh, this guy was did like, a awful job. I don't know where they got him, but please, I hope he's there for oh, all of I these. hope He's there for all of yeah. them. He was horrible. Just, I don't know what he thought he was getting at with some of his lines of questioning.
1: He's bringing up Paul Manafort's uh, Ukraine dealings and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Paul like, Manafort, the guy that got arrested? Yeah.
0: And, <laughs> like, what would. Doesn't make the GOP look great.
1: <laughs> yeah. What in the world would Bill Taylor have to do with that? I mean, this guy working in government, he's not working on. Like, yeah. you see, he was flabbergasted when he was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. A few times Bill Taylor was like, I don't know because
0: yeah. that is insane. Uh, my favorite exchange, by far, during all of this, was um, so the counsel Steve Castor for the GOP uh, asks Bill Taylor, "You know, like this whole situation is not quote not as outlandish as it could be." End quote. Yeah. That's his question, and Bill Taylor like laughs with like a like an incredulous like, "Yeah, uh, I I guess not." Yeah, and he agrees with them because what else could you possibly <laughs> say? Yeah, this. I guess it could technically be more outlandish if, like, if aliens like, were yeah. in charge. Circus and, clowns decided yeah, to circus clowns popped up and elephants came stampeding through the room. Yeah, that'd be a little more outlandish than the current <laughs> shit that we're stuck with. Like, what is that question? <laughs> <laughs> Do you expect it to say, okay, well, yeah, it could be worse, so I guess all of this doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. That's like, their argument? It's That's one- a flimsy argument.
1: Well, have you seen how flimsy all the rest of them are? This yeah. isn't many flimsier than the rest of them. It's probably the strongest. It's probably the <laughs> strongest point they had. Okay. Like things can be crazier than what we're talking about here. So why not? But the thing is, the fever where some of these defenses come. They, I think their theory is, if we yell and scream loud enough, then it'll sound better like than the actual argument is. So if like Jim Jordan attacks this guy and is like, "Hey, you didn't talk to Donald Trump directly, did you?" And the guy's like, no, I did not. And he's like, see, like, that's it. Like, just because of the forcefulness in which yeah. the way he's talking. He thinks that's, like, his few good men moment. Yes. Where they're, like, yelling yes. at each other and get yeah. someone to
0: admit something yeah. crazy. And, like, yeah. the mic drops. Yeah.
1: <laughs> someone tweeted that. I think they thought that Devin Nunez probably thought he sounded a lot cooler than the Oh, I bet like, he did. Like, he thought he sounded a lot more like, yeah, got him. Like, yeah. more than, like, him realizing that he looked like an absolute fool. Like, yeah. <laughs> that entire thing. If,
0: man... Yeah, Jim Jordan just kind of screamed the entire time, just yelling at Bill Taylor and this this angry like rapper. You figure that tone. that
1: guy'd be embarrassed to come out in public after the news that came out this week. You know, we had another person now confirm that they directly telling him about Jim Jordan. That is t- directly telling Jim Jordan that they witnessed abuse firsthand. Went to him and he laughed it off or had nothing or sexual him. abuse. Sexual abuse. Yeah, yeah, laughed it off. And this is now how many? cases at least four direct people that said that and then at least a dozen others that have heard yeah. that uh, who have said that they believe that there's no way Jim Jordan would not have known yeah and this was uh, for listeners that don't know this was during his time yeah as Ohio State University uh, wrestling coach yeah or assistant wrestling coach or something whatever of that nature involved right? in the wrestling yeah. program at Ohio yeah. State yeah and yeah, ignored
0: yeah. Uh, reports of sexual abuse. Right. His, him, his so.
1: defense at the time, which was one of his like just as flimsy as his defense today, had something to do about well the wrestling had the wrestling team had a communal shower, right? <laughs> that basically all faculty at Ohio State could use. So, the one guy that was in there all the time basically watching kid, the wrestling students Bathe, you know, nothing was out of the ordinary because, well, everyone has access to the shower, so no big
0: deal. F- oh, speaking of flimsy arguments, my God. Yeah, so I Jeff actually uh, texted me or might uh, have tweeted at me saying if Jim Jordan got as angry about Kids being molested. Oh yeah, as he did today during this congressional committee. You know, then maybe yeah. maybe you, you know can respect the guy a little bit. If but.
1: Jim Jordan, if you're right and you actually didn't know about all this, you should be the first one there leading an investigation, saying how the hell did this happen under right. my nose? I'm embarrassed that I'm it happened. Embarrassed that I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Instead, I'd be uh, mortified if I exactly that like uh, shucks didn't know about it. Oh well, onto this uh, Russia hoax. <laughs> right. Oh, all Disgusting. right. Disgusting.
0: So just a couple things to wrap up all the impeachment talk here. There is a related ongoing trial. And that's for Roger Stone, close friend and confidant of Donald Trump, who's been tied to all the terrible Nixon shit back in the day. Yeah, Roger Stone's got a tattoo of Nixon's face on his back. It's yeah. horrifying to look at. Disgusting. Do not Google it. Um, but Roger Stone is probably going to jail.
1: Yeah, he's on trial for for perjury and amongst other things. Yeah, and Roger Stone,
0: for those of you that might not remember, because my God, there's like an avalanche of news every day, uh, was directly related to those the WikiLeaks dumps of emails. You know, when uh, the the Democratic National Committee got hacked and all those emails yeah. came out on WikiLeaks, Roger Stone knew about it
1: and he admitted of trying to get him. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. He wasn't
0: secretive about it. So not only that. But the damning testimony that just came out that's related to this impeachment trial here is that uh, Rick Gates, another uh, former member of Trump's orbit, uh, who has also pled guilty to a conspiracy against the United States. Yes. Right. So he is also going to jail. Came out and said that, you know, not only did Roger Stone know about the WikiLeaks dump, he called Donald Trump and spoke to him directly about this. And Donald Trump knew before they were released.
1: Yep. Which contradicts uh, Trump's written answer to one of Mueller's questions, uh, Yep. W- which was Abby to Now, I, re- I reread the answer, and the way Trump it's can sneaky. It's sneaky to get out of it is he didn't, yeah. I do not recall. Right. For a guy that remembers everything, that's shocking, yeah. but it's, it's one of those, I do not recall, but he, it was a denial in there. Right. So it was an actual denial of that. So when all this is done, I think people should definitely look into that, because I think Trump committed perjury.
0: So it's it's a gray area whether that's perjury because he said I do not recall. If but he had said flat out no, I right. never spoke to Roger Stone, and then Gates comes out and says, uh, "Yes, I literally was there for this call." Um, that's perjury. But the fact you could say I do not recall that makes it such it muddies the waters enough that
1: it does, and that's gonna be his thing. But I, but it's another one of these situations where overlooked completely is that the president of the United States got away with the Mueller investigation. This isn't a situation like Devin nunez pointed out that it was a hoax and it was cleared. It yeah. was not cleared. President A A was established that Russia interfered in elections election, so that's not a hoax. Russia helped Trump, that's not a hoax. There's high evidence that Trump knew about what was going on and did nothing to stop mm-hmm. it. And on top of that, we have obstruction of justice from Trump trying to deny the truth about anything coming out by firing Comey and covering up the entire aftermath. So, yep. you know, it all ties in that that the the fact that they're now using this whole story as I because Trump says it every day now. They had they tried the Russian hoax, this and that. They got it. They, he's talking like a man that's vindicated when no one brings up the only reason he's vindicated is the only person that's vindicated Donald Trump is Bill Barr. Right, yeah. And that's the bottom line. That's yeah, running yeah.
0: interference at the Department of Justice. Yes.
1: There's no other thing about how Trump has been vindicated. He's not been vindicated by the Mueller report. He's not been vindicated by any other report that's out there. The only thing that they have used as uh, this was a hoax and that I've been like proven right is Bill Barr with his sneaky statement and his refusal to act any further.
0: It is crazy. So what's next for impeachment? Well, the public testimony is going to continue. On Friday, we've got uh, Marie Yovanovitch, who was the former ambassador to the Ukraine. Drink. I feel like
1: she might have a bombshell or two, though.
0: So she was recalled by Donald Trump. And it's important to note that Bill Taylor, the guy we've been talking about this entire time, is the guy that replaced her. So it's another Trump appointee. And Bill Taylor is still the ambassador to the Ukraine. Yeah, right now. That's yeah. very important to note. Very.
1: Important. This is not some guy with an axe <laughs> to grind that got fired. Job. Yeah,
0: this is his job and I'm sure he thinks his job is on the line. Yeah, but at this point I don't think even Trump would dare fire him
1: now Well, Trump tried to fire the inspector general, which is now lately, which is unbelievable too And he now this is his new attack angle because now he's trying to go after that guy and look at the people Trump's going after whistleblower inspector general This is bullying, it's intimidation. It's outright in the public.
0: Yeah, if this This was was a mafia case, yeah, this would be witness intimidation.
1: He's not going after the people that are showing evidence. He's not going after facts. He's not going after any of that. He's going after people that did nothing wrong except bring something to light, which says a lot about his character. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so the public testimony is going to continue into next week, where we're going to hear from Gordon Sondland, which will be a big one. It'll probably be the topic of next week's episode, depending on what day that airs. Hoping to hear from Colonel Vinman, And then, man, I would really love it if uh, John Bolton or Mick Mulvaney testified, but I doubt we're going to get those.
1: Well, what do you think about this? John Bolton has signed a book deal, right? And he's getting the same money that apparently he got. I think it's a similar publisher that Comey had and he's getting all the similar money, whatever, and the theory is it's going to come out before the election of next year, but he's out here willing to write a book, profit... And do all that. Well, he's a scumbag, too. It's why, instead of being a patriot and saying, I know information about this, let me testify Because nothing's stopping him from testifying to Congress. He's not employed right now by the White House or the State Department or anywhere. The only thing that's keeping him from testifying, even according to his own
0: lawyer, is the fact that Mick Mulvaney, so our Secretary of State, is... Chief of Staff. Suing. Chief, sorry, Chief yep. of Staff. And I think I actually said Secretary of State earlier in the episode, too. So, oh, it's okay. Well, same thing. Pompeo's a Correction, piece of shit, too. So yeah. they're both Correction issued. <laughs> uh, so Mick Mulvaney is suing, saying that he does not have to comply with the subpoena. And Bolton is waiting to see what happens with that. Because if Mulvaney wins his lawsuit, John Bolton's going to... Ex- he's just going to say, I have the exact same rights as a former member of the cabinet. Right. And... That's that's a slippery slope.
1: But Mulvaney's role is different. But also Mulvaney though is still currently there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does executive privilege apply it to someone that's no longer what? in no office? J- no, because a lot because a, a executive privilege clearly does not cover crimes or Ill- illegal it behavior. You're it right. doesn't. It's about right. it's a, one of the fundamental parts of executive privilege. So yep. he would. There's no judge that would that would uphold this. Even a corrupt Trump nominee would have a hard time upholding this. So the only you say r- that, but oh uh, no, <laughs> yeah, the well, of course. But only thing keeping this afloat is time. Yeah, I think that's what they're playing for. It's like a hockey penalty kill. They're yeah. just trying to kill the time enough that it goes by long enough that that's it. Because if yeah. they were forced to testify today, it would all fall out. Yeah. And if Trump really did nothing wrong, then come and say that. Yeah. And then we could be done with all this. Yeah. Instead, they don't stonewall it because he would rather have an obstruction of justice charge, which Republicans are going to ignore, than actually the truth coming out. Yeah. But Bolton, you're a piece of shit. You're (laughs) writing a book. To make millions of dollars, and you claim to be this hawkish America first, you know, your shitty Middle East policy about going in there and Iran and, and all your... Or North Korea. Yeah, North Korea, warmongering crap, and you're out here too scared to go in front of the house and tell what you know, rather make profit off it. Disgusting.
0: It is funny how often America first can be translated to me first. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Funny when you're a civilian. Yeah. Because he knows for sure he went and testified. What are they going to do? Be like, oh, you illegally testified? Go, go to jail? Like, Get out of here. All right. Let's move off that topic.
0: Yes. And we'll talk a little bit about politics and pop culture. And so we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on this story because we touched on the flip side of it in a previous episode.
1: No, oh, we got to be even. Right. We're, we're, we're fair we're, and balanced. We're fair and balanced. I believe
0: that's our trademark. That is our trademark. <laughs> we're, we're very much known for that. Yeah. Uh, so, Donald Trump uh, this past weekend attended an LSU versus Alabama game. Yes. College football game. And yes. uh, what happened, Yugs?
1: Well, LSU absolutely destroyed Alabama's defense. For what? Uh, yeah. Scored over 40 <laughs> points. Uh, one of the first times uh, anyone has won in Alabama since, I think, 2015. That's wild. So, Alabama has not lost a home game in a very long time. So, wonder why. <laughs> You're saying Donald uh, Trump is directly responsible uh, for them losing? I'm, I'm saying it's clearly a coincidence that he showed up there and they had their first loss since 2015. was so. there, a protest game for them. <laughs> so that's what you get for cheering him, Alabama fans. You guys cheered him and then look what happened.
0: But. Yeah, so Donald Trump finally got the cheers he oh so craved. Uh, that he could not get at the World Series and could not get at a UFC fight of all places.
1: Yeah, what's the president doing at a UFC fight?
0: I mean, what's he doing at any of these to be honest?
1: Yeah. I mean the World Series I get because it's in yeah. DC. But you get it like throw out the first pitch, get a couple of applause, and then that's it. Yeah. He's there in a box with like people like Mark Meadows and like Gates and people like that. And at uh for everyone that complains
0: about, you know, taxpayer dollars being wasted, how much do you think we wasted Setting up security for a game in Alabama. We yeah. have 100,000 plus people at the stadium. Oh, yeah.
1: Actually, well, will I'll try to keep this really quick because this is an interesting story. Um, I'd read that... So Dana White, who owns the UFC, is a Trump supporter. Yep. And that's the reason why Trump was at the UFC fight. Uh, I read a story that the reason why Dana White supports Trump is back when Trump was a civilian, he was the, one of the first people to believe in the UFC, right? So... There are people that support Trump because he's done something in private life that they personally like. But here's the thing I would tell Dana White and people like that. You may be loyal to Trump because he supported you in a private venture. Does not mean that he's a good governance Person, he's not a good government person or a good president. I feel like you shouldn't have to explain. Exactly, that to yeah. Like, <laughs> let's say, like I did a favor for you as a private citizen, right? Oh yeah, I'll vote for you. For president. And, and yeah, now you vote for me just because of that, even though I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> and I'm divisive and or, I'm a complete, you know, idiot. You but, are
0: probably the most divisive person I've ever met. And I think that's that's
1: <laughs> the shows a lot of the root of this 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 Trump supporting too. But yeah, Alabama, he went down there. And then, you know, it complained probably that it didn't get enough intention, right? Is that how it works? It's like...
0: Yeah, it, it, because the media... The media's the against media's him, The yeah. burying the story yeah. because it's such a big story. Congrats, Don. Um, I'm happy you finally got the cheers. You had to fly all the way to
1: Alabama to hear cheers. I'm sorry right. your
0: dad never hugged you, but you finally yeah. got these cheers.
1: Couldn't do it in D.C., couldn't do it in New York, probably couldn't do it in Philadelphia, probably anywhere else than that. You had to travel south to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And they love you down there, Donald. So hope your
0: ego feels great. Oh, sure. And so our next um, next huge, big, important story in pop culture and the intersection with politics is that Sean Spicer, former <laughs> press secretary, yeah. finally got voted off Dancing with the Stars.
1: MAGA people, where were you guys? Come on, guys. This is a disgrace. Oh, We don't like losing. MAGA doesn't <laughs> like losing.
0: And all we've done now is made Sean a loser. Now Sean is a loser. And you know who hates losing more than Sean? Donald Trump. Yeah. Donald Trump tweeted earlier in the day, urging people to vote for Sean. He's a great and very loyal guy who is working very hard. (laughs) What a great reason to vote for someone on Dancing with the Stars. Right, yeah. And then Sean Spicer got voted off, and then Donald Trump deleted that tweet. (laughs) As if he never supported him in the first place. And he replaced it with a tweet that says, a
1: great try by Sean Spicer. We are all proud of you. Yeah, which is like a throwaway. Right. I-, I was surprised the tweet wasn't. Before I sent the first tweet, Sean Spicer was down 75% yeah, right. of right. I dragged him to the finish line, but we <laughs> and just And he only missed. lost, yeah. he just missed. But uh, thanks that, to me for making it close. That would have been incredible.
0: <laughs> so. It's great news for our pop culture, I guess, that he's out of there. He was a terrible dancer, by the way. Like this doesn't even have to be a political thing. He he was yeah. the worst person there yeah. that was only and he vote- made it a bunch yeah. of rounds just
1: because of idiots voting for him just yeah. for that.
0: And uh, also a positive for my wife who can now watch Dancing with the Stars. Who oh, was yeah. refusing to watch it <laughs> until he was voted <laughs> off. The ban is lifted now. <laughs> uh, that's all we've got for you for politics and pop culture. And I feel like I didn't really have a place to throw this story, but we have to touch on it. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about Stephen Miller. Oh, so this is a senior advisor to the president, the de facto guy in charge of immigration policy for our country right now, the the same guy who ran for you know high school student government yeah, on a California plat- kid yeah, too California kid who ran on a platform of throwing garbage on the ground so janitors can pick it up like immigrant janitors could pick it up all around racist piece of shit and. I can say that pretty much without fear of slander lawsuits here because of what just happened in the last couple of days. Some background here. A former Breitbart editor, Katie McHugh, also a racist, awful person, just leaked about 900 emails that were exchanged between Stephen Miller and herself during her time as a Breitbart editor. Uh, she hasn't been there um, since 2017, I believe. Right. Stephen Miller sent her 900 emails, 80 percent of which involved race or immigration. A lot of them were disparaging of uh, anyone that wasn't white, and anyone that was, you know, an immigrant. Some of it's horrifying. Yeah, some of it's horrifying because he literally sends links to her to alt-right extremist websites. Oh yeah, like neo-Nazi
1: websites. Yeah. Like, can can I give a quick example here? Yeah, go for so it. So one of the emails is McHugh writing to uh, Stephen Miller saying. This is the wor- they're, they're talking about the hurricane that happened. This being the worst hurricane ever recorded, what are the chances it wrecks destruction on Mexico and drives a mass immigration to the U.S. border? To which Stevens Miller's very like heartfelt response, because he cares about people, one hundred percent, and they will all get TPS, and all the ones here will get TPS too. This needs to be the weekend's big story. TPS is everything, and McHugh responds, "Wow, is there precedent for this?" And his response to that is to. Send a link to an alt-right website called Dare that basically is known, right, to have anti-immigration science that's been discredited everywhere. I mean, these are outright lies, racist statistics made up to skew people's opinions on race. Yep. Just think about the disregard there of a refugee. You're someone that, who, whose life is lost from a hurricane, and your response there is you're worried that they're going to flee the United States flee to the United
0: States. Yes. Yeah. And when you when you say TPS in there, that uh, for anyone that doesn't know, that means temporary protected status. Correct. Yeah, so. Yeah, so anyone that's, you know, a refugee fleeing like a natural disaster, like a hurricane, can get temporary protected status. And yeah. that's something, you know, George W. Bush and Barack Everyone. Obama. They, and, like, every president does yeah.
1: this. And it was denied to people of Bermuda, uh, Bahamas, sorry, remember? when they yeah, trying to opinion. get TPS, yeah. and which is law. This is—listen, TPS is law. This is—you're legally allowed to come in over—on a situation like this, a natural disaster, something like that. And they refused the people from the Bahamas to come in. Outright broke the law on that. Uniterated story from earlier this year. But you just see the blatant disregard here for humanity— for people and for immigrants in general and that's just one email
0: yeah that that's one there's 900 emails and i'm not saying all of them are filled with hate i'm sure some of them are like hey you up but other ones are just yeah. wild because there are parts where he starts talking about eugenics Oh, this like was, yeah, yeah nazi ever eugenics which holy shit! i mean way to you know really really shine a light on it there yeah.
1: steve yeah. and like and basically and, and basically like Presenting an America that's been like invaded by people that's come in and has and it's considered like the new America, like next America, we're invaded and we're tolerant and then basically how people are tolerating um, an invasion of immigrants and things like that, a calling it like like an organism that's, you know, forming out of thin air and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all
0: it's all xenophobic language that, you know, we hear used a lot in this yeah. administration because he's the guy behind the scenes tailoring all of these yeah. anti-immigrant policies yeah. to his warped racist yeah. worldview
1: yeah well let me ask you the, the the craziest part about this any other time what would have happened to an advisor the president that had these beliefs you'd be fired immediately without question is our disturbance what's the more disturbing the actual beliefs or the fact that nothing's going to happen to him
0: the latter, yeah. The <laughs> fact that the fact that fact there are people in the White House and people on Fox News standing up for this guy who, by all accounts, is just a shitty person to even speak with.
1: Yeah. He, he's not presenting an argument for anything. Yeah. He, he's not... I have yet to st- see any statistical evidence from Stephen Miller about how this affects our economy, how immigration affects our resources in any way, how it affects any governmental funding we've ever done. I, I mean... We're already trillions of dollars in debt for other reasons. You're trying to tell me now that the amount of immigrants in here are taxing our resources in any way? No, I mean, he's every never presented study any. shows of that.
0: that immigrants are a boon to our economy. Yeah, yeah. And people like him and people like Donald Trump that love to avoid paying taxes, yeah. you know, should be happy that we have immigrants who pay taxes but can't collect. Social Security or any of the other benefits that you get. Yeah, they're
1: giving into a system that's giving nothing back. They're just happy to be in this country and either away from a impoverished environment or away from a dictatorship.
0: What's astounding to me, our press secretary, our current press secretary... Oh, we have one? We do, actually. (laughs) Uh, She is also awful. Uh, Stephanie Grisham came out in defense of Stephen Miller saying... This is clearly a form of anti Semitism to levy these attacks against a Jewish staffer. Oh, I'm sorry, but here's the thing you could be Jewish and still be a white supremacist.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, he listen because Stephen Miller might have grown up not even identifying with Judaism like that, and even if he did, it doesn't matter. The fact is, you when you grow up in America and you're white and you see immigrants as a threat. You're not thinking about it in your Judaism, your Christian. It's not through your religious spec. Hating immigration is not a religious thing. If anything, if it was a religious thing, they'd be tolerated because a lot of these immigrants are Catholic. They're coming, they're Christians especially yeah. from Mexico, right? I'm pretty sure Jesus was an immigrant. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The and these immigrants are coming in from Mexico. They aren't all they're not Muslims or or other religions that you find offensive. Not that it would matter if they were. Exactly. And that's the point. That argument makes no sense because it's not they're not looked at through a religious lens. And they're just, looked at through people that they feel are not good for this country because of their of where they're coming from.
0: Yeah. Or, or in Steve Miller's case, their skin tone. Like he just, yeah, yeah. he hates non-whites, yeah. and it's embarrassing. This man's a part of our government just as much as it's embarrassing. And it's, and that it's
1: disgusting that she would use that reason too.
0: That's their shutdown response, though, because if you claim anti-Semitism, yeah, typically on the left, you'll be like, "Oh shit, you won't be anti-Semitic." Yeah, but that's using it for a nefarious purpose. Yeah. Because uh, Stephen Miller, yeah, you can call him a racist piece of shit because just look at what he's done. Look at these emails. I I implore everyone here, I'm sorry to put you through this, but like, yeah. go Google some of this these. This is emails. important. Yeah. Look because, at these leaked emails yeah. and tell me that you think this is a man fit to serve in our government or fit to serve fucking French fries exactly. anywhere. Yeah. Like, this. This guy's to be shunned from polite society. He's yeah. an awful human being. And the fact that he holds a senior advisory position in the White House yes. is such a stain on our
1: government and our history. It's, it's, our it's so embarrassing. Office. It is. And, and think about this part of it. Even if you just don't care, right? You don't care about his policies on immigration or that it's like, I don't care about that. Just think of the, this person's lack of humanity. And the fact that he doesn't care what plight you've been through. He doesn't care if you're a refugee. He doesn't care if you've come from a war-torn area. He doesn't care if your life has been in danger and you're fleeing. He cares zero about that. Doesn't sound very religious. That alone should worry you that we have someone that works in the Oval Office who doesn't care about people's lives.
0: Yeah, just basic dignity. And just to cherry on top of this story... It was just released information that over 69,550 migrant children were held in U.S. custody last year. And Stephen Miller is a direct reason why. That's 70,000 migrant children. Children. And this includes infants. Yeah. And kids that will never see their parents again. No. I
1: mean we're going to live this shame down for maybe never. Th- I um, don't think we can. This is can't. It, it, it This it's, is
0: just this is up there with, you know, embarrassing things that US has done Yeah, like reallocation of native populations and the problem like, is this will be in history books forever yeah,
1: it, it the problem is this president has so many other scandals and mess-ups and issues that are dominating that one of that something like this can be put on a back burner almost right you don't talk about it we anymore don't talk about it anymore yeah. and because we have all these other things going on doesn't mean that this is just going to go away because that's the one thing about this presidency is all this stuff just because it's on a news cycle and it goes back and we forget whatever there's going to be plenty of time after where this is all brought to light again and it's not a stain you get rid of you don't put the toothpaste back in the bottle after yeah. all this
0: Yeah, and we're gonna have to reckon with that for forever all right so on that note we're going to talk about the fake news of the week this is a nice quick one that i i found very funny hopefully you all get a good laugh out of it after that depressing story about Stephen miller <laughs> yeah um but the other day, the White House official Twitter account, our checkmark Twitter account, tweets out a series of accomplishments. Um, this is actually a pretty normal thing that, you know, Obama's White House had done as well, where you tout what you've accomplished. Right. Okay. And it, this was on Veterans Day. This was tweeted out. So obviously, all oh, these are going to have American flags as bullet points. Of course. And all going to be about the, uh, the VA. So I'm going to read the tweet first, and then we'll dive a little further into this. So the White House tweets, secured $86.5 billion for the VA. Awesome. Signed the VA Accountability and Whistleblower Protection Act. Awesome. Created 24-7 White House VA hotline. Awesome. Signed the VA Mission Act. Awesome. All of those things are great. I'm I am here for anything that helps our veterans. That's not what I'm poking fun at here, I promise you. I support actually everything that's on that list, despite the fact that it's Donald Trump's White House that did them. I think these are great moves. Why I'm bringing this up as our fake news of the week is because Donald Trump decided to get in on the action. And he retweets this with comment saying, to think I signed the Whistleblower Protection Act. (laughs) Yeah, you're laughing over there, Yogg's. And (laughs) this is ridiculous because he's clearly referring to the whistleblower That's led to the impeachment inquiry, the ongoing impeachment inquiry here, to that report that was released by the IG. Donald Trump thinks that he signed the Whistleblower Act into law, which is not what this White House tweet says. He could have just read it. It's a VA accountability and whistleblower act, which protects whistleblowers specifically in the VA. Yeah. Veterans Affairs saying, if you see like... Veterans are being mistreated or, you know, money's being funneled the wrong way. You can speak up without fear of repercussions.
1: Okay. Interesting theory that someone could do that. Yeah,
0: right. So it's okay there, but (laughs) anywhere else in government, he doesn't like it. So he thinks that that is the law that is protecting the whistleblower from the impeachment inquiry. But I hate to break it to you, Donnie. (laughs) That law was signed into effect by George H.W. Bush in 1989. (laughs) So unless you got a fucking time machine. Yeah. Or you were there. (laughs) Right, yeah. He sat there with George H.W. Bush. He was there. He was there, which is what he means. Yeah, right.
1: And one thing about that that will piggyback the fake news because this has been one of his biggest fake newses. Ever and I'm shocked that it wasn't in this tweet too. Is one of his biggest fake news? Uh, I think Daniel Dale pointed out that this is the mo- he's told this one this lie the most more than any others, which says a lot. Is so Trump has been touting that he's the one that passed Veterans Choice legislation uh, for vets. You mean the so Ooh. legislation
0: that was passed in 2014 under Barack Obama?
1: Yes, the one that was sponsored by McCain and Bernie Sanders. My God, <laughs> and what Trump did do? And instead of just saying this and being happy with it, he can't, is they signed an expansion of it, right? But the bill itself was from 2014, like you said. Trump has said more than any other was that he's the one that passed Veterans Choice, uh, which is blatantly incorrect. It's yeah. a fundamental lie. He did not pass it. It was passed in 2014. So similar situation, unless he has a time machine and was uh, in the room at the point, uh, that's another flagrant lie. And I'm shocked it wasn't in that tweet as well because yeah. it, it's his number one lie he's told. And Yeah, and that's
0: from Daniel Dale, keeping track of that. Daniel yeah. Dale is an amazing follow if yeah. you don't already. Yeah. He was a reporter from Toronto who uh, recently got a job at CNN. But follow him on Twitter. Uh, he keeps a running tally of Trump lies every week. He can sign up for his newsletter. And he's got a stuff. He tells
1: them to you in real time, which is an amazing work of art too. He knows yeah. them all by now. A lot of them have been repeated. This Veterans Choice one has been at every rally. He's mentioned it a million times. And I'm sh- it, it, one of those things is I'm shocked how, like, no one's ever asked anybody else about that. Like, no one asked Mick Mulvaney, hey, why does he keep saying that? Why does he keep lying about the veterans? Yeah. Why does he keep lying about Veterans case. Choice? Like, he he didn't, he's not the one that passed that. He signed an expansion. Great. That's nice. Why should you just tout the expansion? Yeah. Says he I has mean, to sign m- the whole thing. And I think it ties into, I feel like Donald Trump really suffers
0: from uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. And, like, someone who, Feels like they don't belong in the position that they're currently in, right? And it eats away at them. But I honestly, I don't think that he understands it or can articulate that. But I feel, I think he feels that deep down. Yeah, like he knows he does not belong as president yeah. of the United so States. It's like he so has he needs to, to undermine. It. Yeah, it. he needs to justify being there by undermining everybody else. Yeah, and everyone else's accomplishments, right. so he looks
1: better in his yeah. own mind. Yeah. That that's why he invents accomplishments. Yeah, it's like he knows I haven't done this, but if I say all these things, it makes me look great. It's the worst case of ever. imposter syndrome yeah. out there. Yeah, it definitely is. Well, like look at look at what he does. Well, one of the biggest things is the stock market. If it goes down for five days, you don't hear a word. If it goes up for five days, he talks about how great the economy is and how amazing the stock market's doing. Yep, it's the most fickle thing of all time. But it's unbelievable. Our president, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. All
0: right, let's close out our episode then with some uplifting news. Yes. Pick us up
1: back off the floor. And Kevin, I have one last. When you, we go through, I have one last uplifting uh, You have one thing. to add. I, I have one to add. Thanks so, for coming prepared. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I'm going to start off uh, saying President Jimmy Carter, out of surgery, recovering. Um, had a little bit of a scare over the last few days with some yeah. uh, pressure on his brain uh, related to a recent fall. Happy to hear he's doing well, being uh I believe he's ninety four years old at this point. Ooh, God bless. And does a ton of good work and hope he sticks around a long time.
1: Yes, we need him around. So yeah. good get well, Jimmy. Under, President Carter, actually. Yeah. He deserves it. Di- <laughs> yeah, he deserves the actual Yeah. The, 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 you the, say his full yeah. title. <laughs> yeah. Get well soon, President Carter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and since this week was uh you know, how's Veterans Day? I also want to bring up some Good news from Milwaukee. Milwaukee as a city uh, approved a village of tiny homes for homeless veterans. So these are small, like one bedroom studios. They're making like a, a village of uh, 40 or so of these houses to house homeless veterans. I think this is a great idea. I don't know why more cities aren't adopting this immediately. I'd actually take it a step further and institute this for all homeless. But let's start with the vets because that's less politically radioactive. I don't think anyone, Democrat or Republican, would be anti-setting up a village of homes for homeless veterans,
1: and then we'll expand from there, okay? Yeah, there should never be a homeless veteran. I mean, uh, you hate to see that. When you see a sign that says homeless veteran, it's it's disgusting. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, so that's one thing that we should definitely try to eradicate from society, homeless vets.
0: Yep, and then uh, homelessness in general.
1: Yeah, we can work on that too. We can work on that. That's allowed,
0: by the way. And last on my list, before we get to whatever Yogg's got planned for us, is some awesome news. It's piggybacking uh, on—it actually was uplifting last week as well, and we've taken it a step further. So uh, the House Judiciary has passed legislation that paves the way for the Equal Rights Amendment. So last week I had mentioned how there were some sunset clauses in the original uh, language. Well, today the judiciary eliminated that time limit for the passage of this potential amendment. So that brings us one step closer to a constitutional amendment that declares women are equal. Awesome. Uh, it's, yeah. And so get yeah, second, uh, you know, 2020 starts up, we've got some new legislatures in place. Virginia, get on that. Become that 38th state. Ratify this. Let's make this an amendment. Let's, yeah. Uh, let's add that to the Constitution.
1: Because it deserves to be there. Because I know people talk about things and like we're getting there. We're not even anywhere near close. To, equality, having, yeah. to having that equality. So yeah. anything that could get put into something that's real legislation would be amazing. Yeah. To put it in writing, it's astounding that it's not already there. <laughs> hey.
0: All right, Yags, what do you got for us?
1: So I got something interesting, and this isn't really like an uplifting thing, but it's a fun fact. I'm going to choose to be uplifting because I'm going to believe that this can happen, okay. even though the reality of it is it definitely won't. <laughs> but I read this fun fact, which I think is amazing. Did you know this? With a simple majority vote, the Senate could de- decide to make the vote on convicting Trump and removing him from office a secret ballot. Not, a, not a, a two-thirds majority, a simple majority, 51. 51 votes would mean that they could make the convicting ballot secret. Wow. And I think there's a lot more people that would vote in secret than they would publicly. From what we've heard on news reports and different things that people have said where like different senators have come out and said, I've talked to colleagues. You know, Michael Bennett talked about that. Yes. I've talked to at least mentioning at least 10 to 15 to 16 Republicans that what if they could. What about uh, Jeff Flake? Jeff Flake came out and said that he thinks it would be
0: uh, a secret ballot would be overwhelmingly in favor of impeachment.
1: So we have to somehow find a way to get a 51st vote, which is going to be hard. But if we can put pressure <laughs> on, like, <laughs> on two or three people that we already know that Trump doesn't like and that never gonna ha- nothing's gonna happen and get to that 51, well, Susan Collins, you've betrayed us so we can't count on you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll give that a uh, uplifting asterisk asterisk <laughs> there <we> go. <laughs> well, I just thought that was an interesting fact. that is very that, would, interesting. that would be wild. Because I think that's really the only way it could realistically happen, yeah. uh, impeachment. But I thought that was interesting because I didn't know that. I thought I did not know that either. Be so yeah, them.
0: thanks for bringing it to our attention. Yeah, why not?
1: <laughs> All right, Yogg's. Well, thank you so much
0: for sitting in that, uh, that co-host chair over there.
1: Thank you for having me. It was a great time. It's
0: been a pleasure. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at drinking underscore lib pod. You can also check out our website, www.drinkingliberallypod.com or find us on Facebook. We're all over social media these days. And of course, if you're listening to us on iTunes or whatever podcast service, rate and review us. We truly appreciate everyone that's done so we're ready. That's all we got for you this week. Talk to you next. Cheers.